Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right. On today's show, it's just going to be me. Me, Adam Patrick, just talking. We're going to go over the uh, the Vikings, you know, look ahead to the 2021 season, go over some things that happened in the offseason, and... Uh, Maybe kind of try and predict how this team's going to do this year. So I've just been sitting here kind of uh, thinking about this year's team. And I don't I don't know. I don't know what to predict about this team because you look at it and they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of talent. The Vikings have a lot of talent on both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And yet there's still a lot of questions. There's always questions about Kirk Cousins. At quarterback, whether you, you know, you like him as the quarterback or you don't, he's still not the kind of quarterback, you know, he's not an Aaron Rodgers, he's not a Tom Brady, he's not a Patrick Mahomes, but at the same time, I don't think people expect him to be that, or at least they shouldn't, because he's he's proven in his career that he's not that kind of quarterback, but he can put up numbers, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to carry a whole team, so there's there's questions around him, and you know, is this Kirk Cousins' last year with the Vikings? You know, he's got a, a big cap hit in 2022, $45 million. I don't think that the Vikings want him to have that cap hit next season. And the only way to get rid of that is to either extend him or trade him. So a lot riding on this season for Kirk Cousins as far as his time with the Vikings and even just his NFL career because he's getting older. He's in, he's in his 30s, so... This could be one of Kirk Cousins' last times to, you know, kind of play at least for a team that kind of has a chance. I say kind of because, again, I don't know. We've, they got the talent. They got Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is an amazing running back, arguably the best running back in the NFL when he is healthy. And I say that because his workload for the last two seasons has been huge, over 300 touches both years. You know, that's a lot of work for a guy in the NFL. And if you've watched every game for the last two years, you know that Dalvin Cook hasn't finished every game because he's been banged up. Or he hasn't appeared in every game because he's been banged up. At the same time, he only missed one game last year because of injury. Did he leave maybe a few others because he got injured in the middle? Yes. But he's he's as tough as they come, too. So, you know, don't underestimate him. You got the 17 games this year. How much is that going to factor into his workload? And if the Vikings, you know, if they're they're in line to make the playoffs, how much do they want to work him towards the end of the season to kind of keep him fresh for the playoffs? You know, a lot rides on how Devin Cook does because without him in, in the offense, it's it's hard to imagine the Vikings doing well. Then you look at the receivers. Of course, you got Justin Jefferson coming off of his amazing rookie performance last year, heading into year two, and according to all reports, he looks just as good as last year, if not better. So we should expect big things out of him. 
this year? Will he take that, you know, another leap to vault himself into the conversation of one of the best receivers in the NFL in year two? That's not as far-fetched as I think some people, you know, believe. He's very talented, and he showed that last year, and this year he he's the definitive number one. He's the number one receiver on the Vikings roster. You know, Irv Smith just got hurt. He's probably done for the year, so that means Justin Jefferson's targets, they're going to go up probably. Somebody has to make up for that that lost production, you know, with Irv Smith not being on the field anymore. And you look at a guy like Adam Thielen. He's still producing at a high level. He did not have 1,000 yards receiving last year. He had over, over 900, so that's still very respectable. He had over, he had 14 touchdowns last year. That is also very respectable. But you look at him, he's he's maybe got one or two productive years left in his tenure as an NFL player before things start to, to wind down. He's at the age now where where guys tend to, you know, their careers tend to trend backwards. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. His health, guys' bodies tend to break down when they get older as well. He says he feels great um, this offseason. He's been telling people he feels great. So maybe we'll see Adam Thielen step up and make for that that loss of, loss of Irv Smith. So, yeah, speaking of Irv Smith, the tight ends, he's gone now. So now, you know, the Vikings are looking at someone like Tyler Conklin, who came on strong last year at the end of the year. He came on strong. They just added Chris Herndon from the Jets, someone who a lot of people think has a lot of potential. He just hasn't been able to figure things out. He had a very productive rookie year. In the time since then, he just hasn't been able to produce at that same level. So the Vikings are hoping they invested a fourth round pick in him. So they obviously see something in him where he can be a productive piece of their offense this year. As soon as he picks up the playbook, I've read that he's a very good blocker and something that is a weakness of his is his ability ability to catch. That's that's a problem when you're a tight end. So hopefully that's that's just something that he can work on and fix. And then you get to the offensive line for for the Vikings, which is seems to be always a problem during the entire tenure of Rick Spielman as the Vikings general manager. It doesn't matter how much money they invest in free agency, how high of a draft pick they use on an offensive lineman. Just nothing ever seems to be the solution for the Vikings offensive line. And once again, we go into this year, the Vikings earlier this year, they drafted with their first round pick Christian Darasaw out of Virginia Tech uh, to be their, you know, plug and play left tackle. Guess what? He's hurt. He's not ready to go. You know, apparently he's he's going to be practicing again this week, but it's only going to be individual stuff and they're going to keep it they're going to bring him along slowly because he's dealing with you know a soft tissue injury which is is easily re-aggravated so right now the vikings have rashad hill left tackle if anyone watched the preseason you can't be too excited about rashad hill being in there as a starter protecting kirk cousins blindside so that's going to be something to watch but then you look at on the right side of the offensive line you look at brian o'neill someone who's been solid pretty much the whole time he's been with the vikings and you look at right guard, which is right now, Ali Udo is the starter. He had a very good preseason. You look at someone like Garrett Bradbury. He looked like he made some improvements, and he looked well, looked good during the preseason as well. Also, you know, it's limited. You know, there's limited snaps for these guys during the preseason, so it's hard to really judge from that how they will do the season. But other than left tackle, I think there's a lot of optimism with this Vikings offensive line. And once Derisaw gets back in there, maybe, just maybe, 
this offensive line can be average? Maybe. Don't get your hopes up, because this is the Vikings offensive line during the Rick Spielman era that we are talking about. All right, let's get to the defense. Defense. Defensive line. Last year. Could not get to the quarterback to save their life. I think they finished with, like, the third fewest sacks in Vikings history last year for a single season. So Mike Zimmer was not going to have that you know, happen again. Obviously, Daniel Hunter did not play last year. Um, Everson Griffin left, decided to go to the Cowboys, and got traded to the Lions. And now Everson Griffin is back. Daniel Hunter's back. DJ Wanham looks like he's going to open the season as a starter. He's got a lot of upside. Then you look on the inside of the defensive line. Vikings improved their run defense with uh, what Eric Kendricks likes to refer as the meaty boys. In the middle there, you got Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce. And then as a reserve, to kind of swing in there on pass rushing situations, you got Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson has been a a starter pretty much his entire career, and he's going to be coming off the bench for the Vikings. You know, they can line him up inside, outside. The Vikings have a lot of options when it comes to their defensive line this this year, which is not what you could say last year. And I did mention Daniel Hunter was out last year, and he is back this year. Reports from training camp is that he looks ridiculous, back to normal, pass rushing monster. So, you know, it's going to be fun to see him on the field again and making life miserable for opposing quarterbacks. And then we move to the linebackers. We got Eric Kendricks. Again, he's in there. All-Pro in 2019. Played like an All-Pro last season before he went down with an injury. Got Anthony Barr returning, although right now he's dealing with an injury as well. So, they're talented. When they're together on the field, they're they're a talented duo. They just have to be on the field together. You know, backups, you look at Nick Vigil. Not really a backup, I guess, but he's the other de facto starter if they're in a 4-3 base, but the Vikings base is pretty much a nickel defense, so Nick Vigil will be in there on, on probably, you know, short yardage situations and things like that, and and he has experience in the defense working with Paul Gunther in the past, who is now a senior defensive advisor or assistant or whatever you want to call him with the Vikings now, former defensive coordinator for the Raiders. So you got the linebackers, now we move on to the cornerbacks, which look much different than they did a year ago. A year ago, we had, starting the first week, we had Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, Cameron Dantzler, Jeff Gladney. The only guy left from that group is Dantzler, and he's the fourth or fifth corner right now. He's fallen down the, the depth chart, and that's not a knock on him to say. Just the guys that the Vikings brought in these last few months are what's best for the team right now, and they are, you know, they're a better option for the team than to throw Dantzler out there and have him you know, learn on the fly. Because now the Vikings have Patrick Peterson, Bashad Breland, Mackenzie Alexander, Chris Boyd is, has looked much better this preseason and summer, and I think having those veterans on the roster has really benefited him, and he looks like he's going to actually be a factor for the Vikings this year. The Vikings cornerback group is going to be a lot better this year than it was last year, and it doesn't even really matter if Patrick Peterson returns to his all-pro form or whatever. Patrick Peterson, at an average level, is better than anything the Vikings had last year. That's not to say 
that the Vikings want him to play at that level, and he's probably not going to because Mike Zimmer is going to put him in a position to succeed like he did with Terrence Newman, like he's done with other older cornerbacks that he's worked with. Patrick Peterson, he called the Vikings to sign with them for a reason because he knows how Mike Zimmer can make his career turn around. So the cornerbacks, cornerbacks are going to be much better than they were last year. Safeties should be much better than they were last year. They replaced Anthony Harris with Xavier Woods, former Cowboys safety, Xavier Woods, and he'll team up with Harrison Smith. And, you know, hopefully this year Harrison Smith doesn't have to do as much as he did last year. Some people say that Harrison Smith had a down year last year, and I just think that a lot of that had to do with him making up for, you know, the lack of experience experience with the cornerbacks. You know, he had to make sure guys where they're supposed to be you know, also all the injuries the Vikings had on defense. You know, Harrison Smith couldn't roam around and do pretty much whatever he wanted like he's used to because he's got to make sure he can't take those risks that he's used to taking. Last year, he couldn't do that because he had to make sure that there's at least someone in the defensive backfield that, that knew what they were doing. So this year, I think Harrison Smith is going to get back to being the Harrison Smith, that all-pro form that Vikings fans are used to seeing. He just got an extension so he can just, not that he can coast because he's not that kind of guy, but he can feel comfortable. He doesn't have to worry if he gets hurt or whatever. You know, if, Is he going to return to the Vikings? No, he's he's got a contract extension. He's set for the future probably to retire with the Vikings the way his, his contract is set up now. So that's the defense. Should be much better than last year. Much better. I mean... It really can't get much worse. I've seen some 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 chatter out there that all these all these new pieces for the Vikings defense. You know how are they gonna gel together? And it's like it, every team has new pieces. There's there's very in today's NFL there are very few teams. I think the Bucks are maybe one of them that just that has the majority of their starters on either side of the ball returning. You know for their team. So I'm not worried about this Vikings defense. They still have. The core group of players with Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, you know, those guys are key. They know what Mike Zimmer expects out of a defense. Don't underestimate the return of Everson Griffin, though, either. Like, he's, we know he's going to be in a positional or, uh, yeah, a situational type of role for pass rushing. But don't underestimate his addition to the locker room as a leader. The Vikings were lacking leadership last year. And I don't care what veterans are on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. They're not a leader like Everson Griffin is. Everson Griffin, when he talks, people in their locker rooms, you know, stop what they're doing and they listen to what he has to say. I don't think there's anyone else in that locker room that players do that for. Maybe Mike Zimmer, and that's how he's stuck around. Probably Mike Zimmer. Um, but Everson Griffin, he's that kind of guy. He's going to get everyone's attention. He's going to keep everyone focused, um, regardless of how much he's playing. And, you know, he's going to put people in their place, too. If you're if you're not doing something right, he's going to let you know, which is also good, too. He's going to hold people accountable. It's going to force them to correct their mistakes quickly. And it's going to, you know, lead to some good things for the Vikings, hopefully, uh, this season. So let's look at special teams real quick, which has already had some changes before the season has even started. They brought in Greg Joseph uh, shortly after last season ended. He ends up getting the kicking job. 
not because he won the job, but because Riley Patterson, the rookie, uh, the undrafted rookie they brought in, he was hurt during training camp. And that you can't pick a, a kicker who's hurt. So Greg Joseph gets the job. I'm surprised that they haven't brought in another kicker just to at least add to the practice squad. But, you know, maybe that's their way of showing Greg Joseph that they're confident in him and, and his abilities. Last week, the Vikings let go of Britton Colquitt. He was with the Vikings for, I believe, the last two two years at least. Um, and they brought in Jordan Barry, formerly of the Steelers. I believe he was with the Steelers for the last five or six seasons. He's an experienced holder. So that's good news for Greg Joseph. And they kept their uh, long snapper, Andrew Paula. So, uh, I have no idea about the Vikings kicking game. Never do. Uh, it's just always seems to be just like the offensive line. It's always something to worry about when it comes to the Vikings, at least in this last, last decade. It's really annoying that they can't figure it out, but they've also had five different kickers and five different punters, you know, since Mike Zimmer was hired. So some of that, you know, you got to look at the guy in charge and his lack of patience um, because, you know, look at, look at someone like Daniel Carlson. He's still kicking for the Raiders right now. And he, he was picked up by them when he, after he was cut by the Vikings in, in 2018. So he's been there that entire time. Uh, imagine if he was just still here, it's not here, but with Minnesota. And right now for the kick returner on the depth chart, the Vikings have Amir Smith Marset listed as the, top kick returner. So I like that. I like I like what I saw from Smith Marset in the preseason. I liked the speed that he the quickness. He just gets the ball in his hands, whether it's a kick return or a punt return, and just goes. He doesn't dilly dally around, you know, try and juke their guys out of their shoes. He just uses his speed and tries to blow by people. And the Vikings need anything out of their return game this year because they got almost nothing out of it last year. So that's just a look at, at the Vikings roster this year. You know, let's let's look a little bit at their schedule. They begin in week one on the road against the Bengals. Just saw that Trey Waynes is not going to be playing for the Bengals. So no revenge game for Trey Waynes. But good news for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen because the Bengals don't have their top corner. There's still questions about Joe Burrow for the Bengals. Uh, Jamar Chase has struggled a little bit, you know, this preseason with, with drops, which is not good when you're a receiver and your job is to catch the ball. Um, they st- do still have uh, Joe Mixon in the backfield as a running back. So they got they got a bunch of weapons, too. So I like the Vikings over the Bengals in week one. Like I said at the beginning, I don't know about this team. I just don't know about the Vikings. Because if they lost the Bengals in week one on the road, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't. I would be surprised if if the Bengals blew the Vikings out. But if the Bengals win by like a field goal or five or six points, that wouldn't surprise me. Especially the way the offense, the Vikings offense looked. This preseason, you know, they got a new offensive coordinator. You know, you can be the judge of that, How judge how the Vikings offense looks. They didn't have Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson or, or Adam Thielen most of the time in the preseason. 
So you can judge that. Then in week two, they go on the road again to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals, I like the Cardinals. They got a lot to, you know, be excited about with, with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, else? They got Chandler Jones. They added J.J. Watt. Say what you will about J.J. Watt. He can still, he's still a solid defensive player. Buda Baker back there, an all-pro safety. Cardinals have a lot to build on. Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat a little bit this year because of, you know, not making the playoffs his first two seasons. But I'm worried about that game against the Cardinals. I, I don't know about the Vikings. The Vikings historically have struggled against running quarterbacks, and Kyler Murray definitely is one of those. So, obviously, you have the Patrick Peterson return to Arizona. That will be a big talking point during that week, I'm sure. I don't, I don't know about that game either. And the Vikings come home, week three, home to the Seahawks. Week four, home to the Browns. Week five, home to the Lions. Two out of those three games, very tough. Seahawks, always a tough game. Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Coming home, a lot of people like the Browns this year. That'll be a tough game. Lions, eh. mm. are they going to win a game this year? Mm. They probably will. They'll, they'll win a couple. Um, somehow, everyone does. Um, and then week six, the Vikings go on the road to play the Panthers. I mean, I I, I don't even know anything about the Panthers. Sam Darnold, I mean, he's okay. Uh Christian McCaffrey, if he's healthy, he's pretty good. Their defense is okay. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not. That game doesn't worry me at all. Like you look at the Cardinals game, I'm worried about that. Panthers, not worried at all. Uh, week seven, the Vikings have their bye. Eh, it's kind of early, a little bit, but it is what it is. They get a little mini bye at the end of the season with their their Thursday night game. They come back off their bye. For a Sunday night game at home inside U.S. Bank Stadium against the Dallas Cowboys. Depending on how these teams start, this could be, you know, an early maybe playoff preview for, for both teams. It could be. I think Mike Zimmer's always motivated to go against the Cowboys because he was with that team for a long time. So he always wants to beat them. I mean, he wants to beat everybody, but especially when it's the Cowboys. And then the Vikings go on the road to play the Ravens. In week 9, week 10, they go on the road to play the Chargers. Road in quotes because it's L.A. And the Chargers don't have any fans. So there'll be a lot of purple in the stands, I'm sure, in L.A. for that week 10 game. Then in week 11, the Vikings face the Packers for the first time this season. They don't face the Packers until week 11. That seems a little late. Uh, that game will be inside U.S. Bank Stadium against Aaron Rodgers in his farewell tour. For the Packers, then week 12 is on the road against the Niners. That's a sneaky, good, sneaky, could be good, could be bad game. Because, you know, maybe the Vikings don't get off to a great start. and They're not looking too great. You know, the Niners, maybe they struggle because they've struggled every year but one under Kyle Shanahan. I know Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of, you know, praise or whatever, but the 49ers, they haven't won more than six games. Just they've only won more than six games once in the the four years that Kyle Shanahan's been there, and people will blame in- injuries and stuff. But that's football. So, you know, Mike Zimmer's never finished the season with seven wins, with less than seven wins. So I don't know why Mike Zimmer doesn't get the praise that Kyle Shanahan does when Shanahan hasn't 
really done it, anything. Then week 13, the Vikings go on the road to the Lions again. Nah, who, who knows who will be playing quarterback, anything for the Lions at that point. Then week 14 is the Vikings Thursday night game. That is at home in U.S. Bank Stadium against the Steelers. I like the Steelers this year. They got a lot of talent. They have a lot of very talented defensive players. Obviously, they have Roethlisberger. It's not the same guy it was five years ago, but he still can chuck it. You got Chase Claypool. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster is no slouch either. You know, they got some talent. The Steelers have some talent, and I, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. So that's going to be a tough game. And then week 15, the Vikings take their annual Monday night trip to play the Chicago Bears. Uh, maybe uh, Justin Fields is starting by then. Hopefully not, because then... We all know what's going to happen in that game on national TV. Justin Fields is going to embarrass the Vikings somehow. Um, that's just how it goes, okay? Let's just, just deal with it, and it'll happen. Week 16, the Vikings will host the Los Angeles Rams inside U.S. Bank Stadium the day after Christmas. And then week 17, the Vikings are at the Packers on Sunday night. That will be That could be you know key to the... Divisional race in the NFC North, and then the Vikings finish at home in Week 18. Guess what? Their last game of the season is against, of course, the Bears. Because they always seem to finish every season against the Bears. So that's what they got this year. Do I think the Vikings are a playoff team? Yes, I do. They have the talent to be a playoff team. I talked about this on a recent episode with Adam Carlson. I think the Vikings ceiling, things go right, is 13 wins. They can win 13 games. With the talent they have on both sides of the ball, they can win 13 games. The floor for the Vikings, I still see it at seven wins. Like I said, Mike Zimmer has never coached a team that's finished with less than seven wins, so there's no reason to think that that's going to happen now. But realistically, I feel like the Vikings at least they can can win at least ten games. Is that enough to get in the playoffs? I don't know, but I would put the over under at ten for sure. Uh, that's gonna be it for me today. We'll have another episode later this week with a guest, so don't worry about that. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.